Hey everyone, welcome back to Elevate Retake. This is Michael. You know, we want you to experience faith as the continual everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and God. And believe this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. On this episode of Retake, I sit down with Taylor to talk about the least of these. It's our most recent message on the Elevate Retake podcast. And we talk about the two parables that are found in the second part of Matthew chapter 25. The parable of the three servants and the parable of the sheep and goats. So, got your Bibles, got a notepad, go ahead and pull those out. Or if you're listening in the car, don't do that. We want to make sure you stay safe. Uh, I asked Taylor first off, what were your, some of your initial reactions to this passage and the message? Well, my initial thoughts, especially for um, the parable, my Bible calls it the parable of three servants. Mm -hmm. So I did feel like that one, I mean, because I've grown up hearing it, Mm -hmm. I felt as though I understood it pretty well. Mm -hmm. And I really liked how you described it back to our actual talents, not actually talking about like, oh, talents meaning money, Mm -hmm. but... Our talents are something that God gives us to be able to share with others and to have that opportunity. And when we don't use them, it disappoints him. Mm -hmm. And so I really liked how you used that description of it. That Mm -hmm. that was something I could relate to. Um, So I felt like I understood that. And then I think like, I don't want to say it's my absolute favorite, but the next parable is one of my favorites just because it's relatively simple to understand, but also I feel like there's things that I could be missing here or there, like mm-hmm. hidden meanings. But it's my favorite because specifically in verse 40, and the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Mm-hmm. And that just really hits me because it makes me feel like I can make a difference, even if I feel like I'm not making a difference. Yeah. I can, I could make a difference by smiling at someone. I can make a difference by giving someone my lunch. By like simple things can show Jesus, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. the fact that that means I'm also doing it to Him as well. Like yeah. that's an honor. Yeah. Um. So I really enjoyed reading this, and I really look at my Bible calls it the final judgment. Mm-hmm. I really look at that as like the best reminder mm-hmm. for doing our best and for looking out for others mm-hmm. instead of ourselves. And that's helping us. That's readying us for God's coming. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what, how your Bible might word it. Mine is, I think, an, mine's the New Living Translation. Oh, right on. That's what I preach from. Okay. See, yeah. I, I really like it because I'm able to understand it better, mm-hmm. just the wording. Mm-hmm. So... I thought that I had the three servants all figured out. And okay. then whenever you get to the final servant, what stumped me was in verse 24, it says, Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Hmm. And I was like, wait, what exactly does he mean by that? Because the two previous servants don't say anything about, oh, he's a harsh man and we're doing this just because we're scared of him. Yeah. But the third one said it in that way, and it made me question, why is he saying that? Why, what does he mean by that? So quick 
disclaimer, if you haven't caught yet from the message, we actually had communion in Elevate this past Sabbath, which in art, faith, tradition, uh, we'll take some time during a worship service and uh, actually do some foot washing and partake of some bread and some juice. And because of that, my sermon was a little bit shorter and I couldn't pack into it everything that I wanted to. So this question that Taylor asked about why does this servant think of the master as harsh was very intriguing to me. And uh, I, right there, as we're talking, pulled up my laptop, pulled out uh, some Bible study software and dug in a little bit deeper to the meaning of that word harsh. So the original word there for harsh is skleros, um, which is a, it's a Greek word. Um, let's see... So it means violent, strong, harsh, demanding, hard, heartedness, hard, dry, stiff, inflexible, rigid, um, all of those kinds of words. So I think the I think the first or that servant defines harsh a little bit more because he goes on to say you're harvesting crops you didn't plant and you're gathering crop, crops you didn't cultivate. Um, I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here it is in your uh, here is your money back. Um so that's kind of interesting because he has this this picture of the master, right? The other ones have a have a different picture because they obviously go out and they they know, okay, this is what I need to do. That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. But I don't understand why if the other two weren't. Is it maybe because he's not as hard of a worker and so he mm. doesn't respect the master the way that he should be respected? Could be. I think he probably has a different picture of the master than the other two. And I think I think that is Jesus is trying to help us understand maybe two different ways that people look at God. Yeah. Because if you see God as someone who's harsh, wouldn't that affect how you live your life? Definitely. And so if the the last servant thinks of the master as harsh, he's afraid of messing up. Mm-hmm. So he's afraid of not doing what the master required. So he ends up not doing anything. Yeah. He's just like, well, at least I had what you gave me in, in the original. Yeah, at least I didn't do anything wrong. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But in not trying to do anything wrong, he doesn't do anything right. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like that sometimes. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, sometimes I think we can be people who, we have this picture of God as a, as a, as a harsh God, as someone who's exacting and there's going to be judgment often well god i don't want to mess up so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do anything not gonna get out of my comfort zone exactly like i don't want to i don't know if i can talk to that person i don't i can't preach i can't Mm -hmm. teach i can't do all these things so i'm just gonna keep what you've given me to myself yes and then that doesn't multiply because we're not sharing it with others and i think that corroborates later in scripture where um jesus says and i can't remember off the top of my head where it is but it's more blessed to give than to receive Yes. And so as I you share, there's more given to you on top of that. Yeah. So I think that's kind of looking at the text. That's kind of where my, my mind goes to, to kind of explain why he thought the master was harsh. That makes more sense. And I do agree with that. Some people may view God differently than others. And that does affect how mm-hmm. they treat others, mm-hmm. how they themselves react to certain things. Like mm-hmm. he reacted like, oh, he's harsh. Yeah. And like kind of shrunk back. So I, I do understand that. That makes a little bit more sense to me now. And then the master comes back and calls him wicked and lazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, oh, th- and that was that was something that struck me, too, is um, 
if that is if that is the servant's view, say a servant, say I'm a servant, and that's my view of God. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't I don't picture God not being merciful. Mm-hmm. I don't picture him being like you're wicked, you know. Yeah. So that's that's what's so interesting to me is that yeah. even though I see these parallels, I'm like, wait, but I don't think God would treat somebody that way. Yeah, it's hard to understand sometimes. It is. It is. And we do have to be careful because you can't always make direct one-on-one correlations between yeah, that's characters in a story. <laughs> yeah. But I do think that Jesus is pointing to the severity of the the realness of do you know the master? Mm-hmm. Because if you knew the master, the two who knew who really who the master was lived their lives according to who the master was. But the guy who misunderstood the master thought of him as harsh. Well, to that guy, the master was harsh. Yeah. Right. And so perhaps in some ways, I have to be careful how far we go with this. We'll see where <laughs> see where it goes. But if we think of God as a harsh God and we react to God th- that way, and Jesus says the measure that you use will be used mm-hmm. against you, right? And and oh, how we treat okay. others. Yeah. Then that same measure is used against us. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, the and I I don't know. I'm not necessarily super comfortable with that because it's not how the servant treated somebody else. It's how yeah. he kind of thought about the master, right? Exactly. But in a lot of ways, he got what he deserved, so to speak. Yeah, and it he is, got what was coming to him, yeah, the amount of work he put into it. But it's kind of interesting because the master doesn't give them really any instructions. Because back in verse 14, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants, ah, entrusted his money to them while he was gone. And so I think from that, we can probably, what does entrusting mean? Yes. Right? Um, let's see. Uh, it means to give over or to hand over authority, that original word. It's mm-hmm. uh, paradidomy um, for the Greek scholars out there. I'll pull it out the Greek on this one. So, yeah. <laughs> but to hand, give over or to hand over authority. And so in what he's doing is he's saying, this is, this is your, you're acting as if, as if you're me yeah. and giving the money over to the servants. He's saying, do with this as what you would, what you think you, uh, you should do if I were you. Okay. If that makes sense. So he's, <laughs> <laughs> so he's telling, yeah. he's telling the servant, treat this money as you think I would, I would treat the money or do yes. with it. What, what I, what would do you think I would do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they, that makes a lot more sense. The two servants go out and do it. And the other one, he gets afraid because he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to yes. mess this up. See, I like I like the the way of looking at that better because initially I thought the same thing. I was kind of interested because I didn't understand if somebody gave a bag of money to me and was just like, "Here, keep this." I'd be yeah. like, "Okay, nothing's yeah, going to yeah. happen to this." <laughs> you <Right>? know, <laughs> without without any type of instructions, I wouldn't know what to do, but whenever you do look at it, it as if the master said, you know, take this money and do with it what I would do. Mm-hmm. Then it makes sense. Like, yeah. why on earth would he hold on to it? Like, yeah. obviously the master's not going to do that. Exactly. So I like looking at it that way better. That makes a lot more sense. Here's an awesome moment where we get to take the parable of Jesus and apply it to our own lives. You've probably heard of the term, what would Jesus do? Well, what would it look like if we asked ourselves the question, what would Jesus do if he were me because right here the the master has asked the servants to perform duties and obligations 
in the name of the master. He's given them authority. He, they are acting as if they are the master. I like thinking about that better. Like, what would Jesus do if he was in my shoes? I've never mm -hmm. thought about that because the automatic thought is, what would Jesus do? And, of course, mm -hmm. it's going to be, like, the most kind, the most merciful, <laughs> the most, which is interesting yeah. because in some ways I see that as a yes, and in some ways I think that Jesus can be just, Jesus can be firm, and mm -hmm. it's not always, mm -hmm. you know, rainbows and butterflies. And right. yes, of course, yeah. everything's forgiven. You yeah. know, he has his... He has his merciful limits, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. Well, I think all of a sudden it makes it personal, right? Yes. And maybe the actions of Jesus, if Jesus was Jesus, like that's unattainable for me. Like I, I can, I can exactly. do that. But if Jesus for me, he would do that. And I want to be careful because I don't want to, I don't want in any way want to infer that our, our just because we do just good acts means that we have salvation. Yes. No, right? that's not. Jesus mm -hmm. breaks it down and says, it's your heart. Do you mm -hmm. know me? And then that those just good actions are the fruit of a heart that's turned into a relationship with Jesus. Right? Yes. Um, but all of a sudden, it, what would Jesus do if he were me allows me, it places me in this story. It places me in the, in the feet of, or places Jesus in my shoes. And I'm able to kind of think about that, that, oh, it's not just the automatic, like, Oh, I've got a, like you say, butterflies and rainbows. And yes. Like this pristine picture. Mm -hmm. No. And you look at the gospels and Jesus has so many different interactions with different people and he has real emotion. He has, he has anger. He has frustration. Yes. He has sadness. He has joy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we limit ourselves. The next time I'm in a situation where I'm not sure, instead of being like, what would Jesus do? Or be more like Jesus, Taylor. Be like, yeah. well, what would he do if he was in my shoes? Mm -hmm. I'm going to use that next time. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to actually. I love it. Um, well, I initially looking at the two parables side by side, I was kind of thinking, oh, this is great. And I like these two. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't entirely sure why they're one right after the other in the Bible. I didn't. Mm -hmm quite understand it. And the more that I read it and looked into it, I had I had a little bit of a realization with some help, with some help because <laughs> I was, you know, like kind of discussing it with friends and such. Yeah. But I found it really interesting diving into the next parable, um the final judgment, talking mm -hmm. about um Jesus and gathering the people and yep. the people at his right versus mm -hmm. the people at his left, the mm -hmm. sheep and the goats. And reading it, I, like I've already said, I love it. And I think it's an amazing reminder. But I had never thought that maybe, talking so much about the third servant and how he didn't do anything and saw the master mm -hmm. as harsh, I had never thought about maybe he is a representation of a goat if that makes sense, mm -hmm. and one at the left. I hadn't really, like, thought about it, and I haven't, like, completely thought out the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. But that was something that I wanted to ask about, if maybe that was a tie-in yeah. yeah, or why they're next to each other. Yeah, and I didn't directly say that in the message, but I alluded to that, and mm -hmm. these two stories are connected because the, the question that I'm left with is from the, the, the parable of the three servants, okay, who should I be? Yes. What's what's the what? And then what does faithfulness look like? Right. Yeah. So master says you're faithful. Okay. Does that mean I need to work harder to do this? Well, no. It's according to their ability. Mm -hmm. And you come down to the sheep and the goats, and you see, oh, 
it's how they treated others it was their it, it was their response it's how they how they viewed who the master was and mm -hmm. how that led to treat others so yeah i think it wouldn't be too far to, to to correlate those two um and say the the one that's sent out because the 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 language is similar too because if you look at verse uh 30 i think matthew 25 30 mm -hmm. it says now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and then you come down to um what is it verse 46 mm -hmm. um yeah. they will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous will go into eternal life similar and so there's it's not direct direct no. language connection mm -hmm. but there's the similar idea that yeah. you're 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 cast out you know eternal punishment sounds like darkness and a place of weeping and gnashing yeah. teeth right um and so yeah i think the i think the the third servant who squandered what the or not didn't squander he just didn't do anything with it mm -hmm. um could be a representation of, of the goats or the people that are on the the left hand of the of the son of man when he comes in glory i guess i yeah i guess i just hadn't given it a ton of thought i was like oh these are so nice it's mm -hmm. nice that they're by each other but i didn't yeah. really like place any direct relationship between them yeah. something else that stuck out to me and it was an initial question and then talking it through a little bit more kind of answered it but i want to get your take on it mm -hmm. whenever i read through it my i have a good heart and so i i tend to question some of the parables in the way that whenever i read what you shouldn't do yeah. my initial thought is so is there a second chance mm. that's i i like I yeah. just immediately think that. And after doing a little bit more, um, I don't want to say research, after reading it more times and just yeah. kind of digging deeper, yeah. it's more the idea of the sheep and the goats, this is the end. Mm -hmm. This is the wake-up call. Mm -hmm. And think, well, I think about... I think it's past the wake-up call. That's true. <laughs> that's true. It is past the wake-up call. <laughs> but it's, it's a good reminder for us here reading it, but in in the time that it's actually happening, the very end, there mm -hmm. is no coming back mm -hmm. from it. Because as, you know, I when getting ready for these conversations, I read through it and I either talk with my parents or talk with my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's great because it gives me an opportunity to have a Bible study with them and yeah. get their thoughts. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. just makes me even more prepared. Yeah. So coming into it, you know, my, my thought was, well, why can't, why isn't that just why can't the goats have a second chance? And, mm -hmm. and the response was, well, this is the end. Like mm -hmm. they've had multiple chances. Mm -hmm. This is the end is not going to happen until God has given a chance for everyone mm -hmm. to know him. And it's their decision whether they choose to get to know him better right. or not. Right. And I was like, yeah. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I felt kind of like doy kind of moment. Yeah. But a thought that I had on that, um, I thought that I had on that was more how can we use this how can we use this today because yes it's a great reminder but how are we to know if we are a goat or if mm. we're acting as a goat right now yeah. that's you know huh I hadn't thought about that so I've always thought in the the the, the, the opposite way of like oh this is what you do if you're a sheep but yeah. how do I know if I'm a goat <laughs> yeah, and that's and yeah. are you going to know if you're a goat? Mm. That's the that's my question because yes, I love Jesus and I want to show him to everybody. What if I do get scared? What if I'm not sharing my talents like 
mm-hmm. before. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm sharing some, but not all. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm working on it, but would that would that mean that I'm not doing my best? And if I didn't, if I passed someone on the side of the road that needed help and I passed by, am I yeah. a goat or am yeah. I a goat in the moment, but mainly a sheep? Mm. It's, I kind of thought about that. How are we to yeah. know yeah. other than just doing better and being the best that we can be? How do we know if we're not quite doing the most? Mm. That's a good question. Um, and I think often pastors are like, you know, quick to just like explain things away. Um, I don't want to do that though. Cause I honestly don't know. I mean, I want to say like, are you, you know, doing good things? You're looking mm-hmm. out for your neighbor. Um, but I get the quandary that you're finding yourself in. Cause I think I find myself in that too. Yes. Because you see the, the guy or gal on the side of the road that's holding a sign and maybe you've been burned by someone by that, that was holding a sign before, mm-hmm. right? Oh, the last person took advantage of me. So I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to give money. I'm not going to do whatever. Uh, and, but does that turn me off to being a good neighbor and to, yes. to helping that person out? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a very interesting question. I don't think our, uh, our salvation rides on singular actions yeah. as if there's one that like, Oh, I didn't give, you know, a dollar to the guy that was asking for a dollar on the side of the so road. So it's not. Yeah. You know, I don't think that does, but what does the trajectory of my life looking, looking like? And am I listening to the, the voice of God and reaching out to the people that he places in my life? Mm-hmm. It comes, it comes back to the, the idea of relationship. Am I in rela- right relationship with God? Mm-hmm. And, I think that also harkens back to the conversation we had on the last retake about I'm going to help people even if. Yes. Even if I, there's nothing in it for me. Yeah. Right? Even if like all of this uh, Christian stuff, all of the, the things we think about, like the afterlife in heaven, like if all that's hooey, mm-hmm. I'm still going to do it because it makes a difference in other people's lives. And I think that's where the heart of this parable comes back into play that I'm loving other people just to love other people. So this part of the conversation reminded me of what we talked about in the previous episode of Retake about what if all the stuff we talk about in terms of Christianity and the world, how it ends and all that, what if on the other side there's nothing waiting for us? And we talked about the idea that, hey, even if there's nothing waiting on the other side, that it's still worth being a good person and loving each other on this side of heaven. I like that. I really liked what I read and I really appreciate the final judgment parable and Mm -hmm. calling me to be the best person that I can be. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's my goal. So I really loved that. That's cool. One of the things that popped in my, in my mind as we're wrapping this up, in each of these parables that we've looked at, mm-hmm. the master always comes when everybody's least expecting it. <laughs> yes. Right? In every single pa- parable, the master, the king, whoever shows up, the bridegroom, mm-hmm. it's like, hello, I'm here. Yeah. You know, and not doesn't let Nobody's anybody know. expecting it. And I think that that is a good reminder for us that in waiting expectantly for Jesus to come, it's not like, oh, that could be. And it could be three days from now, 300 years from now. Yes. But the point is to be about the master's work. Be ready. Yeah. The no master comes and finds you, then great. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a life that's lived out that it doesn't matter 
um, whether you're 92 or two years old, um, you're, I mean, there's certain age that, you know, you cognitively come to know a relationship with God. So 92 years old or nine years old, um, you are living a life that is in service to the master. And then I think God makes up the rest because we're sinful human beings and he died to save us from our sin. And um, we can't help that we sin, that we experience sin on a day-to-day basis, and that we have sins that we drag around with us. Yeah. Um, and we can't beat ourselves up about those because that's that's what Christ Christ died for that. Um, but to the best of our ability and what in the opportunities that God has given us, we got to love other people. It's as um, seemingly simple as that. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's easy. Oh, yeah. Super easy. <laughs> Uh, it takes more thought sometimes. It does. It does. And living that out means an intentional life. Yes. That I'm getting to know the heart of the master. And when I know the heart of the master, then I know how to treat my fellow servants and the fellow children of God. And so this is where we leave this episode of Retake. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we'd love to hear from you. If you've got a response, reaction, question that you would like to send to us, Go ahead and send us a message on Instagram or leave us a voice message. The links to those are right in the description and we'll catch you next time.